Team Time. Sports around the world. What's up, everybody? It's Ben Cullen with your latest Sports Around the World update. Over the last few weeks, we've reported many successful cases of sports making a comeback. We love the athletes and the organizations for trying. It's inspiring in many ways, but it's currently feeling like wishful thinking at the same time. Did we get ahead of ourselves? Were the skeptics and critics right? Just as we think we're making incredible progress and the world is moving forward, the virus that shall not be named has reminded us of how difficult it is to contain. Sports in the USA were particularly hard hit with bad news this past week. The PGA Tour, which only restarted last week after a three-month break, confirmed its first positive test. And despite UFC's incredible work putting on six events so far, they have reported a recent case too. In one horror 24-hour period, Major League Soccer, the NFL, the National Hockey League, Major League Baseball and the NBA all confirmed positive tests. Those sports have all been pondering return-to-play scenarios, with the MLB return receiving a lot of the public scrutiny. Why? Because it's gotten messy between players and owners. The negotiations have been back and forth faster than a top-flight ping-pong match, and following the Players Association rejecting the most recent deal, MLB owners have controversially hit back by unilaterally issuing a 60-game season. But that's not it. It's all happened in the same week the MLB reported 40, yes, 40 positive coronavirus cases between players and staff. Should this be really happening? I don't think so. But clearly money is trumping health as a priority once again. Hindsight is a wonderful thing, but it's hard for me not to think back to early May when the basketball great Shaquille O'Neal asked for all seasons to be scrapped. Go home and get healthy were his words. Here in Hong Kong, the Football Premier League leaders R&F have asked their fellow sides to ditch the current season and crown no champion. The club's general manager sent a letter to clubs over the weekend asking for the season to be foregone. Kwok also asked that the only game to be played this season would be the FA Cup final where R&F face Eastern. The letter also called upon the other league teams to set up their own company to run the competition. The Hong Kong Football Association has expressed that their long-term vision is similar to that, but the city's football governing body has administered the Hong Kong Premier League since 2014. The HKFA is currently going through a struggle and has financial concerns as it awaits the government to approve the next five-year funding cycle. The delay stems from the Legislative Council criticizing the association for its quote-unquote poor governance. And finally, there is no doubt that all sorts of stories will be published about people's experiences during lockdown. Everyone uses their time differently. Some good, some great and some not to be shared, I imagine. British rower Tom George certainly put his lockdown time to good use. He broke the British record for a two-kilometer indoor row in, wait for it, his parents' garage. With nothing but DIY tools and paint cans as supporters. George managed to become the first British rower and only the 10th man in history to complete the row in under 5 minutes and 40 seconds. Congratulations, Mr. George. Safe to say you completed lockdown. That's it for this week's roundup. Let's hope the next seven days produce some more stories like Tom George's and our faux coronavirus starts to ease up. We now continue to hear from Ant Haynes and learn about how he went from playing for Hong Kong at the Sevens to owning the game of CrossFit. 
Um, so how old were you when you hung up the rugby boots and transitioned into CrossFit? You know, at the tender old age of 24 years old, I hung up the rugby boots. I remember I was always uh, having a laugh with Ricky Chuck, who was like a Hong Kong rugby sevens legend. Um, and he was always the youngest, the youngest bloke to play in the sevens. And then I was, I was literally trying to get in there as a, as a first 16 year old, and I just missed the cut, so I ended up playing my first sevens when I was 17 years old. Um, and then there was, the rest was like just history, but. Yeah, uh, basically, when I was in my final years of, of rugby, um, I was still already working as a personal trainer. We just kind of touched on CrossFit and seen what it's about. It kind of lent its hand to the style of conditioning and strength conditioning we've been doing as a sevens player. So it made sense to transition into another crazy sport. You know, you ask people, people ask you what rugby is, and you're basically running at each other 100 miles an hour, smashing into each other not like the most normal thing to do <laughs> so then when you go to crossfit and you like bury yourself in a workout also not, not the most normal thing to do people think of working out you know press-ups here pull-ups there sit-ups and when suddenly crossfit comes along and people are literally saliva drooling out their mouth t-shirts off sweat it's everywhere tough. chalk flying over i'm sure you know ben as well um so yeah that kind of lent itself to me as like a very normal transition into it and i just love the the challenge of never being good enough at one movement because there's so many different movements in, in the sport of CrossFit. I mean, obviously you got all the weightlifting things, the gymnastics, bounding and jumping, running, swimming, all the erg machines. It's, it's literally endless and infinite. So I love the challenge of it. Yeah, constant uh, strive to get better. Exactly, yeah. Was it love at first sight or did it take a little while to get into it? I honestly thought it was the stupidest thing when I, when I, when I first saw it. I was like, this is so dumb. I, why would I do that? Because when you learn... Now, this is I could go down a huge rabbit hole here as a personal trainer and strength conditioning coach, but I just thought, you know, all these things that they're doing, these CrossFitters are doing, you know, they look unbelievable and they're doing some unbelievable things, but there's got to be a smarter way to do it. They're just burying themselves day in, day out. So I try to go in with like a very sensible approach and I'm just going to like pace things and I'm just going to like slowly do my strength work. And every now and then I'll throw a CrossFit workout in. CrossFit workout being like, you know, a hundred reps or something and just again, like killing myself. And then eventually over time, I just turned into a, a full on CrossFit. You know, I had long socks. Suddenly I had knee sleeves on. I had wrist wraps. I had bandanas around my head. And then, yeah, the I just, yeah, just fully fledged. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I look back at those photos now and not so fond memories, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, I just, like I said, it was a smooth transition over just like anything. You slowly buy into the process of it. And then, yeah, it just took over my life, really. Understood. Well, as you mentioned, CrossFit is tough and it takes a certain type of person to even train in that realm. Can you let us know what a, a day of eating looks like for Ant Haynes? I imagine oh. it includes a lot of food. Yeah, so, I mean, if anyone knows the macronutrients and calories and stuff like that, I, I eat close to 5,000 calories a day. Um, the recommended daily allowance for men is around 2,000 to 2,500. So I'm eating double that. It's not as clean as you think it would be. When you're trying to fit in 5,000 calories, at the end of the day, you do end up eating things like crisps, lollies, because you just need the sugar for carbohydrate yeah. content and that sort of thing. Um, but again, at different points in the year, it's different. So if I go into a competition, I'll basically disregard the 5,000 calories and I'll go up to like six, 7,000 calories. It just depends on the competition and what the tests are within that competition. Generally, the longer, more aerobic they are, the more sugar I'm going to need. So I'm like shoving lollies down my face and, you know, just trying to get as much in as possible. And, you know, a lot of it's powder as well. So I have a lot of carbohydrate powder and a lot of protein powder as well. It's again, simply because I just can't eat that many chicken breasts and steaks. So, yeah, of course. Yeah, you just got to get it through like a pre-digested form, which is generally the whey protein powders and carbohydrates. And is your, is your weight fairly stable? Yeah, very much so. Uh, when I come to competition season, I'll generally drop a kilo or two. 
but that's not because I want to. That's just because the intensity goes up, stress generally goes up a little bit as well, and naturally the body, that's just how the body deals with it. So when that happens, like I said, I'll bump up my food to try and stop the weight loss happening. Um, when I'm out of season, which essentially I am now because the CrossFit Games isn't happening anymore, um, I'm trying to eat a little bit more. So I've bumped up from 4,500 up to 5,000. So you got to be at least maintaining or eating more than you're burning. So wow. that's what I'm coming That's doing. a lot of food. It's a lot of food, fella. Now, many of our listeners are teenagers, and perhaps some of them are at the start of their physical fitness journey. Yeah. Maybe some of them are not into physical fitness yet. What would be your advice to anybody um, starting their physical fitness journey? Um, I think for me, I mean, so my, my physical fitness journey really obviously, apart from physical education at school and being somewhat better than, you know, my, my colleagues in, in my class and, you know, my classmates or whatever. But I guess once I started playing, taking it more seriously, I, I, I love rugby and I love football when I was growing up. So then I would play it two to three times during a week and two to three times in a weekend. And that kind of consumed my life anyway. But then in terms of like the weights room and stuff like that, that didn't really start until I was about 15, 16. I remember my brother Ed got a uh, got a bench press for his room. Of course. But he had like an easy curl bar, you know, like the bicep curl. I know, bars. yeah. And then we were trying to do bench press with that. I remember my wrist. I reckon that's why I got such a bung wrist now because I have this savage position on our wrist trying to do a bench press on those easy curl bars. Wow. Um, but yeah, he got one of those in his room and I just, again, I was sitting in front of the PlayStation every day. Two packs of crisps, two cans of Coke, a baguette on my lap, <laughs> headphones on just like I've got now, and like literally eyes on Grand Theft Auto on my PlayStation. Um, what a transition. Yeah, what a transition. I know. It's uh, it's weird. I don't know. I, I, don't know. I honestly don't really know how I got into it, but I do think now when I look back and people do ask me how, what route do I take, and I think you got to seek out professional help. You know, people who either are directly linked to the community and say, if you're a rugby player, you go and find a rugby coach or you go find someone, you know, who has done it and who has done exactly what you want to do. So if you want to be in the Hong Kong Sevens, you go and look out and search for people like, you know, Max Woodard, who's currently the Hong Kong Sevens captain. You reach out to those people. And I think a lot, a lot, yeah, a lot of people are very nervous about doing that and they don't want to be rejected or whatnot. But you just got to put yourself out there like you and I were talking about before. You put yourself out there you let people know that you're interested, that you really are that keen on doing stuff and people will help you. You know, sometimes, it, like I said, it is a bit cringe and you feel sorry for yourself when you reach out to these people, but a lot of friendly people out there in the world and they will help you get to where you need to be. So I think the first thing is seek out people that you want help from and that you respect and B, don't be afraid to put yourself out there and really kind of challenge yourself and don't worry about what other people say about you. Solid advice. Um, now, CrossFit is accessible in Hong Kong, but it comes at a cost. Yes. A hefty cost in Hong Kong. Yes, they would be. Hefty. You would know. There would be many teenagers <laughs> in Hong Kong that wouldn't have that money, but may be interested in starting CrossFit or, you know, getting some beginner workouts in. Where would you advise they start? Um, it's no secret that CrossFit gyms and gyms in general in Hong Kong are a fairly luxurious thing to be able to kind of go to and get involved with. A lot of the schools nowadays are building better strength and conditioning facilities. They are like they're outsourcing trainers and coaches to come into the gym to take care of the kids and that sort of thing um but honestly like i think this is going to sound ridiculous but youtube and the internet is an absolute wealth of knowledge yeah you know there, there are so many videos out there so many free training programs you can get on it's just about starting that journey and like i said if you have no idea you type in how to train and get big muscles you're going to find one million different results right but again, you could just take that, copy that link across, send it to someone that you respect on Instagram, on Facebook, on whatever, put it out there on your own page about, hey, does anyone have any advice to give me on this? 
and immediately you'll get like an overwhelming response from people. Half the people would probably take the piss out of you, but the other people would be like, you know, hey, we're here to help you out and we'd love to see you get to your goals, wherever it might be. So I think if you're if you're short of money, get on the internet. Go find a park, Victoria Park, great place. You know, you've seen me working out there many I times have, before. I have, I yeah. have. Shirt off. Yeah, of course, shirt on. We, we, we never know where shirts over here. Um, yeah, but I mean, there, there are so many places and there's honestly no excuse not to exercise. You can use your body to do anything. Um, so start start with your body weight and then progress towards weights in the future. Um, if you have access at your school or at your job, which I know a lot of places do as well now, get involved with the gyms there as much as you can. So do your research, then seek some advice. Exactly, yeah. Good, good stuff. And then finally, go back to your teenage years. Give yourself either your top tip or top three tips to succeed in your sport, whether it be rugby as you were as a teenager or crossfitter or for whatever sport people may do. Yeah, um, so I guess I'll talk about rugby, and I guess it really does apply for both. If I was a crossfitter back then, I would have very much done the same thing as well. Um, I had I had great leaders in front of me and great people, like I guess you call them mentors, like my coaches and guys who were in my rugby team back then. Um, and like I said, I was kind of getting into the Hong Kong set when I was 14, 15, 16 years old. Um, I was on the verge of making it when I was a 16-year-old. Incredible. And I, and I remember Roddy McIntosh, who was a rugby sevens coach at the time, came into the gym and it was six o'clock on a Wednesday morning. So I had to go to school and be at school at 8 a.m. So I'm ready in the Hong Kong gym at 6 a.m. And he was supposed to be making the announcement to the squad via like a, an email, which I didn't really know how to use emails back then. Sure. And uh, he walks into the gym and he comes over and he's a Kiwi. He goes, ah, Hainsey, uh, good to see you working out in the gym, bro. Um, just want to let you know that uh, we made the selection for the Hong Kong Sevens and uh, you didn't make it. Have a good day. And I remember just standing there and being wow. like completely devastated. I'm like I'm a 16-year-old sure six, kid. I didn't expect to make it. Like I wouldn't say I expected, but just being told that you didn't make it and not being like offered any condolences or anything, like out he went because he had a busy, busy day. I didn't think anything else of it. So I stood there, kind of finished off my weights, and I went to school. All my mates coming to me, hey, man, like when's the sevens squad getting announced? Are you going to make it? And I'm sitting there thinking, like, I've already been told I'm not going to make it. And I think that first speed bump for me in my career as an athlete, no matter what sport it was, was probably like a big turning point and defining moment for me. A lot of people would just turn around and walk away and be like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. That was heartbreaking. That was terrible. And I think for me, it really spurred me on to push more. So I think when when you do encounter those like road bumps and you know the rejections and stuff that do come with sports and professional sports and even though you know college level high school level sports you just got to roll the punches you know you you got your valleys and you got your peaks and you just got to go through them as any journey is and don't get sidetracked or derailed when you when you do get those speed bumps use it as like fire to fuel it and push on in the future i think that was my biggest thing for me i i did have a low couple of days and the next thing was hey, do you mind if I come and basically be the ball boy for the team and clean people's boots and fill up their protein shakers? And they're like, Good man. Um, yeah, we could probably get you a free ticket so you can come back back, and back into the change rooms and help out the boys. So I basically spent the next week at the Hong Kong Sevens, you know, cleaning the boys' boots, making protein shakes as a 16-year-old. And um, it was an unforgettable experience. Although I wasn't playing, I wish I was playing. You know, just sit on the sideline and let me experience what I was going to experience the next seven years. And like, I think just being humble when you need to be humble, when you receive feedback and criticism, you take that on board and you make yourself a better person, a better athlete. And, you know, it's just a learning process the whole time. And you'll continue learning until the day you retire, whatever sport it is.
Very good. Speed bumps are welcomed. Speed yep. bumps equal growth. Yes, obstacles are the way, Benny. Good stuff. Well, and thank you very much for coming in today. We are very grateful to have you. Thank you very much. Uh, it's been great. Good luck with your training. Uh, it's a shame you're not going to get to compete this year, but we are looking forward to supporting you in 2021. Yes, I will be there. Fingers crossed. Awesome. Thank you, Ant. Thank you very much. I'm Ben Cullen. That's it for this week's sports update. We hope you got out on the water yesterday for Dragon Boat Day. If not, get out this weekend. Team time.